Welcome to this episode of O365A, and on tonight's episode, we're going to be talking about Teams Room Pro Management. So uh, this is something that you may have today, and you don't even realize it. Um, I'll kick it off just by saying that uh, there was a, a pretty big licensing change, and Michael, you, you could talk to this, where there's a, a basic license that's included for your, your Teams Room Management. And uh, it is basic in that it uh, has a maximum of up to 25 devices, room devices, and it has just the basic capabilities for managing those Teams Room systems. Um, there used to be a, a Teams Room standard license, uh, which you could no longer get. Uh, that's functionality is rolled into the Microsoft Teams Rooms Pro license. And um, I think the, the, the free one is good for getting started. Um, but you'll quickly hit some some limitations, especially if you have many uh, room system devices. Um, and also, uh, we were talking just before this episode that, uh, for example, from a security perspective, it doesn't include Azure P1 and P2, so you can't exclude those um, from MFA, and you can't do conditional access, so you'd really want that from a security perspective. Uh, with that, I'll turn it over to you, Michael, just discuss some other uh, benefits of the uh, the, the pro license and and why people would want to have that. Yeah, I mean, I, I I tend to just not talk about the the basic license. I feel like some of the the items that you highlighted are limiting in the fact that it doesn't make sense from a budgeting for an organization to even start down that path. Uh, especially if, you know with these rooms, we need to exclude them from MFA. And if your organization's using conditional access for anything else, uh, you know, we automatically need that, that P1 license. Uh, all other things is, you know, some of the features are limited. So, you know, ability to remotely manage these devices, intelligent uh, speakers and stuff like that are, are not available in the basic license. So if you're deploying a Microsoft Teams room, I would just base it around having that, that, that pro license. And, and the benefit of that pro license is we do have this, this portal uh, the, the Microsoft Teams Room Pro portal uh, that we'll be showing off in this call. And maybe with that, maybe I'll talk to or let Dino cover how, how we get into this, this portal and then we'll walk into a demo. Yeah, thanks, Michael. <clears throat> so the uh, URL for the portal is https portal.rooms.microsoft.com. And uh, most listeners, if you're listening, you'll probably just dive in and get go right to that URL. Um, if you you'll need to be a global admin to access it and more importantly you'll have to have a license as well so you may get the message you don't have access to this application even if you are a global admin and that's um, generally due to the fact that you don't have any pro licenses um, in your tenant so assuming you have um, you know pro license uh, assigned and available in your tenant and you're a global admin you can come up and get access uh, to, to that portal so Interestingly, there's no teams in the URL, which is kind of confusing. Hopefully they maybe adjust that at some point, but it does label it the Microsoft Teams Room Pro Management site. So um, it's the, one of the first admin sites not to have teams in there. So I uh, thought that was kind of interesting. Um, and, you know, just quickly, and I'll pass it back over to Michael, like the, the three key aspects of this service is really in, you know, what Microsoft calls intelligent operations, update management, and enhanced insights. So really just um, being able to detect problems with the rooms, uh, connectivity into the rooms to see what's going on if a cable's unplugged, 
um, then moving into management of the devices themselves, allowing you to orchestrate how you want to be able to control which how devices are updated, creating kind of your own deployment rings. And then lastly, uh, there's a whole bunch of reporting, and that's the enhanced insights. So um, giving you details around how the devices are performing, how the rooms are being used, um, that type of rich analytics. So kind of with that, I'll, I'll pass it back over to Michael and we'll dive into yeah. a little bit demo. Yeah, and I find customers that you know have the new licensing scheme, uh, they they're not aware of what the URL is, right? Like I, you may have mentioned this, but it's not available in the Teams admin center. It isn't like a link that you can click off at this point. Uh, hopefully they add it, like similar to the call quality dashboard, where it'll link off to another page, or like the Microsoft 365 min centers, when you could jump to the other portals right from from the navigation. Uh, so you do need to know this this URL, and so it is portals.room or portal rooms.microsoft.com uh, and and so it is a little hard to, to find it uh, but yeah if you have the licensing you can go to it uh, once you activate it there is a little survey when you first go to it uh, to activate it uh, after that uh, any of your Microsoft Teams rooms based on Android are are now auto enrolling um, if you are running a Windows Microsoft Teams room there is an agent that you need to install so that means you're going to have to go to the device you know, sign in with the admin account, uh, you know, pull the, the MSI installer, run that, and then the room will show up in this portal. Uh, we should see that automatically happening in the future, but this time you do have to install uh, that, that MSI. You can find that MSI if you go under settings and under general, you can download it right here. It's an AKA link, so aka.ms slash service portal uh, agent MSI. So you can push it through Intune as well. Uh, so if you have a whole bunch of rooms that you just changed your licensing from, you can package that agent up and push it to your rooms. It doesn't auto enroll the rooms. So what will happen is the, the rooms will get the agent. The rooms will detect based on you know the tenant that signed in. It'll show up in your portal. When you go under rooms, you're going to see them listed. And then you're going to have to take that extra step. And of course, I clicked an Android room. Uh, but if I grab a Windows room, what you'll see at the bottom is enroll. Once you enroll it, then you can start dealing with the the update rings and delegative administrative access and stuff like that. So there is some interesting things with this being a separate portal from the Teams Admin Center. Is that now you can have your you know your audiovisual installer have access to this portal to to manage the devices without having administrative rights to your your collaboration and your voice settings of the house. So you can now create uh, different roles and scope them down to certain devices and then uh, create those roles using security groups and Azure AD. And Michael, uh, did you have to do anything to activate that portal, like in terms of the, the first time you, you run it? Yeah, as Dino mentioned, we have to have a, at least a pro portal license in the tenant, and then you have to come in as global admin. Once you come in as global admin, you can go into this role section. There is some pre-canned roles. You can create some additional roles. And then those roles, if you kind of go under assignments, you can assign them by named users, or you can do Azure, you know, AD security groups, and then have that kind of sync into it. But yeah, the first person coming in here should be the, the global admin. Uh, there also is a feature called uh, groups. And this group uh, section allows you to then group your devices. So let me kind of jump out of here. But if I go under a device, so maybe I'll just grab a room. So I can assign uh, a group, a room to or a device to a, a group, 
And then I got to layer an administration role on top of that. So now I can say, hey, you know what? The Calgary admin group can only manage the Calgary enrolled rooms. Now you have to think about your permissions because if you're having someone install rooms until they enroll and get that group assignment, if the only role they have is managing rooms in that group, then they can't see the rooms that they just enrolled. So there is a chicken and egg for, for some of the things, depending on, on, on what you're doing. Uh, but it is important to understand, you know, are you going to do any integrations? Because uh, the groups do, do matter because you may want to structure the naming convention to align with other systems. So, Michael, I see like there's a service now. Um, I guess uh, on the left hand rail. So I'm assuming this is a way to integrate with uh, ServiceNow to create ticket, um, you know, from the portal or or vice versa. Uh, can you maybe just explain explain a little bit about that? And then are there any other type of integrations? Like uh, is there graph API access that you can do your own type of, you know, development uh, to access this portal uh, and any other specific functionality? Yeah, I mean, out of the box, you can easily set up uh, email alerting. So the, the portal does detect when there's a you know health issue with the device or maybe your device isn't meeting you know certain best practices. Like, hey, you you deployed a Microsoft Teams room, but you left the default you know SFB password or you know password for the admin account on there. So uh, it'll flag those things and send out an email ticket. So you can easily, under the general settings, set up a, a contact for for sending out those alerts. But if we want to do ServiceNow integration, uh, so this is one of the, you know, kind of integrations that are out of the box, uh, you would have to work with, obviously, your ServiceNow team to understand how tickets should be created and closed in that system. Uh, most of the time, I, I see organizations want to do OAuth support for ServiceNow, so don't, don't even go down the basic, you know, use proper authentication mechanisms so you have an app with a secret and then a user account meant for this integration. Uh, you're able to, you know, point it to a dev instance and then cut it over to production as you see fit. Uh, and the great thing here is it'll test. So what will happen, well, maybe good and bad, is you can populate everything, hit test, and if it's successful, you can save it. If it's not successful, you can't. And so the test will basically try and create a ticket automatically and close the ticket automatically because the system can say, hey, you know what, this room, the camera is uh, unplugged or this room's offline. And then when the room room is resolved, you know, go in and create that, you know, close that ticket off. So uh, part of the test is, is testing that integration. Now there is some caveats with this. So these fields that you see right now on my screen, those are fields that are always going to be sent to your ServiceNow instance. So uh, depending on what you require for mandatory fields or maybe what you don't require, you need to maybe handle how these, these settings or these mappings are going to be. So it's almost like a matrix. So what you'll do is you'll see, okay, you know, by default, when a ticket's created in ServiceNow, we're going to send a service, a short description, a description, an assignment group, severity, and comments. And all of these items are grayed out except for the top one. So, short description, you can pick from a list. That same list can be leveraged in custom attributes as well. And I'll show that in a second. And uh, for the assignment group, this is tied to your groups that we were talking about before, where you could have a group based on location, and that location can map to the same location that resources are assigned on your ServiceNow system. So as you add groups, you may want to say like Calgary would be the service equivalent of CGY, or so you need to make sure that these mappings are, are the same. 
Uh, when we talk about update rings, the same thing here is you may say you have an update ring for executive devices, and that in 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 return is in a, a priority, a higher priority ticket versus a general room or something like that. So you need to have you know your 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 ServiceNow you know team on the line of telling you what what needs to map and what values you need to send. Uh, you also allowed to do custom attributes, so you may have an attribute for uh, category or something like that. So you can say, you know what, maybe this is, I think it's like format of like you category and then something like main or something like that. And then you can have, you know, those options that we had for, for the description. So we can do ticket ID, room name, host name, incident information, or you can do custom value. So maybe it is some, some static entries you just need for this portal to create. So you may call it like MTR portal is creating these tickets or something like that. So you may have to do some ServiceNow uh, mapping or scripting on that side to, to accept this ticket on how Microsoft's going to send it and then put it in the right buckets and the right assignments. Same thing on the closing side. Uh, what's interesting on the, on the closing side is you can't reference any of the default values. So if I was to add a new entry for uh, Grab a good example. Maybe a resolution code is already there. Maybe, however, resolution. I'll we'll just do underscore. You can't use any of these values because what we'll do, it will fail. So you can pick like, hey, room name, and then you go to test and it's not going to work. You have to basically use custom value for anything on the resolve. So if you require you know, uh, no action taken or anything like that, you're all going to do those as static entries. So it's maybe not as, as flexible as what a ServiceNow team may need, but it's enough to get a ticket automatically created when there's a problem, you know, flag the, the appropriate people and then have it automatically close when, when it's resolved. Awesome. The, the other thing I was talking about was the, the update rings. So on the update rings, uh, we have basically a way of timing out your updates to your different rooms. So you can say, and typically I'll just start with what Microsoft has. There's basically three rings already here. So if you have some test de devices for IT, maybe you throw them into a staging ring. You have your general population of devices, you put that into general, and then you have your, your priority rooms, you put that into executive. And the reason why I don't like to create additional ones is there is a hard requirement that from when Microsoft releases an update to completing all the rings is 60 days. And so as you add more stages, you're actually making your, your, your update rings smaller and smaller, uh, which may not make sense. So if you say, hey, you know what, we test with our IT for two weeks, and then we test, and, and you know, well, we don't test, we, we roll out to production, for, for maybe two week, another two weeks or one week, and then we roll out to our executive devices maybe three or four weeks later. Well, if you add another ring, then you're you're quickly hitting that that 60 day timeout. And so what will happen is we kind of go into these rings. There's a there's basically three values that you can manipulate. You can manipulate and one of them is calculated. So you can manipulate the value of how long from when an update is released to when it hits this ring. So by default, staging is going to be zero days, you know, general is 12 days, and then executive, I think, is after uh, general. And then you can say, how long is it going to roll out in this ring? 
And then how long are you going to have it testing in this ring? So rollout is like how long it kind of takes to hit every device in that ring. And then testing is kind of that, that buffer before going to the next ring. And so as you manipulate these numbers, you can quickly hit 60 if you have a lot of rings. So, uh, but yeah, you can start to now control when our updates coming. You know, we want to see them at IT first before they get to all our rooms overnight, uh, which was the previous experience with the, the Microsoft Teams room for Windows. Uh, so when we have our rooms, basically you can see the dashboard, you know, you know, is there any issues with the, the rooms? I'll automatically create tickets. And in this case, I have an incident. If I had ServiceNow integration, I'll actually have the ServiceNow ticket and a link to click it into the ServiceNow portal. And the ServiceNow portal ticket will have a link back to this portal to jump back and forth. So uh, it does have a nice integration from that point of view. Uh, it'll basically tell you what's wrong, why, why it's wrong and how to correct it. Uh, so in my case, I have you know a room that's still using the the default uh, admin credentials. Once that's resolved, that item will close out. Hey, Michael, yeah, did you? Uh, oh yeah, I think you're just headed there. I was just wanted to see what the reports looked like. Yeah, so you know, kind of in addition from you know what we may have had in the the Teams admin center is we start to get you know health and usage. So what are your rooms that are Maybe the, the most stable versus the least stable. Maybe there's a combination combination of peripherals and, and hardware manufacturers that or vendor uh, revisions or versions that are causing some instability. Well, now you can look at your rooms that are the most stable and make sure you know deploy more rooms like that. Uh, the rooms that are maybe not stable, you know, see what's common between them and what you know what incidents are outstanding, what maybe maybe it's a firmware update, maybe it's contacting one of the the device manufacturers are getting updated drivers, uh, but then also usage. So as your rooms are being consumed, you know, how are they, you know, heavily overutilized? Maybe it's a large room with low, no, low quantity of participants. Maybe you need to split that room out to get more, more rooms for, for booking. So, uh, you know, it's, it's early in the journey for all these features, but this was the, the premium portal before. So now we get to kind of consume that as, you know, any, any Microsoft Teams room kind of administrator. Good stuff. And I think, Michael, you've used this on a couple of customer sites. Uh, any any highlights that have stuck out in your uh, sort of real world experience of it? Yeah, I mean, right now, a lot of organizations are planning around the license change. So, hey, we had a whole bunch of Teams room standard licensing. We're coming up for renewal or, we're, you know, putting a whole bunch more rooms in there. Is it time now to, to flip over, over to the pro licensing? That's the first step. How do we flip the licenses over? Uh, from there is how do we get the you know the the rooms enrolled in the portal? Get that that agent out as a push through into an SCCM? Is it manually installed? Once those rooms are in the portal, now we have to think about you know how are we gonna manage these? Are we gonna delegate? Uh, are we gonna have you know our back you know for who's gonna be manage these rooms? Is that based on location? Is that based on role? Um, are we going to be doing integration with ServiceNow and how does that correlate? You know, mapping all those attributes, you know, that does, that may change how you build your rings and your groups. So understanding that all up front before you kind of start putting all your rooms in, because the last thing you want to do is start pushing updates to all your executive rooms before you're ready to kind of define everything. Yeah, I, I could see how this is really beneficial for larger deployments. Like, uh, yeah, I mean, before you couldn't, I mean, Updates were happening automatically, you know, at 2 a.m. restart every night. 
your your next day, your your rooms could be a different experience, right? So having that that admin control of when when things when updates are applying to your your different stages or rings, it's, it's great. Awesome. Okay, well, we'll leave it there. Uh, that was a really good uh, overview of the Teams Rooms Pro Management uh, experience in the portal. Thank you very much, Michael. And uh, with that, we'll see you on the next episode. Thanks. Okay.